welcome to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined as always alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, how you doing? It's Monday night. It's recording night. Ryan, we have a very big week this week. Not sure if, you, if the microphone even caught that, but I just cracked me, Ty, a Stella Artois Solstice Lager. Ooh, thank you very much. New beer that Tyler found, apparently, and let me tell you, delicious. But no, Tyler, this might be the um, second biggest week of 2021, in my opinion. Biggest week of 2021 is going to be our live show and or Halloween week. This is going to be the second biggest one because, A, it's record night. Then we got wrestling all week, but then a little drum roll, please. Sad Summer Fest is happening this Saturday. First concert me and you have been to since COVID started. Yeah, it's been at least 18 months since we've been to a concert. Been a year and a half, maybe. Well, well over a year, yeah. Yeah, maybe a year and uh, eight months since we've been to a live actual show that you and I, as far as music goes, the genre that we like. I think it was even farther than that. I think the last show me and you saw together was the... Uh, Holiday show for four years strong in Knucklebuck, which would have been almost two years ago. I think it was the last show me and you saw together because the last show I saw was our boys in Motionless and White. That was still winter though as well. Yes. Okay, so yeah, I mean, and so our statement stands. It's been over a year and eight months since we have seen Pop Punk live. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we can't even like articulate how stoked we are to um to see. I mean, there are some solid bands going to Worcester, Mass. Yeah, we're going to see. Everybody's going to judge us, but we're going to see all-time low. The story so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story so far, yeah. <laughs> Snooze. F- confess. I hate those guys. Um, They're not that bad. No, and then Grayscale in the main. It's going to be awesome. And this podcast is going to come out well after that we've been to that concert. So I can already tell everybody right now. One, sorry for the influx of Snapchats and Instagram stories that I'm posting. And two, if I get thrown out of the Palladium or something weird happens, I apologize to anybody. Your boy's going to get wild this Saturday. Can you imagine if the first show you go back to is at the Palladium and you get thrown out of the Palladium for the rest of your life? I've already planned for it. I got a 30 rack in the trunk of my car just waiting. So when I get kicked out, I can go and drown my sorrows in the parking lot. You can also just go to Mexicali and drink your uh, weight <laughs> in margaritas and um, souls. But needs to say, I'm so freaking stoked for this week. Yeah, we also have our, our town uh, fair, which is going to be happening this coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I think Ryan and I are going to go a couple of days. I'm going to go Monday. I got to work the whole weekend. Boo. Yep. But it's also Labor Day weekend. So it's a three-day uh, weekend coming up, a four-day work week. Yeah, for you. <laughs> for, yeah, normal scheduled people with, you know, standard jobs. Not me. But it's going to be a good week. Can't wait. Pumped up. As we uh, alluded to last podcast, we are on the fast track to Halloween. So we um, have picked some... Pretty uh, amazing topics as far as Halloween-esque. This week we have a a haunted, uh, I don't want to call it just a straight sanatorium, um, but it was also a, there was some other stuff that it turned into. We released the Lighthouse episode. We're going to, we just released that one. Yes. Okay. And then we have this. And then do you remember what next week is? Don't say it out loud. Mm, I do remember what it is. Okay. And it's really, it's unique. It's not one of our usual topics for those of you that don't know uh spirit halloween is open right now all across the country you can walk inside and actually buy stuff drink into that thank you can get your costumes already actually what i like to do is walk in there and then just let 
the ideas flow. Let the items speak to you. Yeah, I like just walk down different aisles, be like, oh yeah, that's a pretty sweet like uh, accoutrement to a costume. What could I make a costume around? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Also, I can't wait to uh, decorate my apartment with so many goods from Spirit Halloween. It's gonna be freaking awesome, dude. Dollar Tree, right? Slaps when it comes to uh, decorating. And like for twenty dollars, you walk in there like a king. And then you you wake up the next morning and you're like, wait, who threw up Halloween all over my apartment? I only spent twenty bucks. People are sleeping on Dollar Tree. I'm sorry, guys, you're sleeping on them. Yeah, I think <laughs> what I like to do is every week just go in and like spend ten to fifteen dollars worth of um, Halloween stuff starting at like the end of September. You'd, and you'd be sitting on your couch Halloween night and be like, where the fuck did all this stuff come from? <laughs> well, we never save our stuff. No, I usually toss mine unless it's something really cool. Maybe the uh, Dollar Tree will um, sponsor us. I'd be cool. Hey, that would be sweet. We can get our uh, knockoff Gatorades and like um, really flat Diet Dr. Peppers. We just have those and some potato chips. Sign me up. I'm into it. Also, leading off the show tonight, guys, we have confirmation. This could be the first podcast you've heard confirmation for it, but the live show is happening, ladies and gentlemen. And it will be happening October 21st. That is a Thursday night. I'll say it again. October 21st, Thursday night at 6 p.m. Located at Bare Hands Brewing Company in Putnam, Connecticut. Super cool brewery. Me and Tyler sat down with the owner a couple days ago. And we went over our ideas on what we want to do. And she's opening up the entire basement for us with a downstairs bar and bartender. Um, so we're going to do a live show for everybody who's interested in the area. Even if you're not in the area. Grab a hotel room, jump in the old car, throw a, a full tank of gas in there, come up and see me and Ty, and we will, A, scare you with some really awesome Halloween tales that we were practicing talking about, and we have also a really cool, um, we're going to turn it into a full-length episode, but we're gonna also going to give this to our live show, because it's the coolest stories we've ever heard in our entire lives regarding the ancient origins of Halloween. Can you imagine if someone like reads our flyer somewhere in like Southern Connecticut and they're like, yeah, let's get uh, little Johnny and uh, little Sarah in the car, drive on up, and then they like drive two hours just to see us and uh, <laughs> they walk in like, this is what I came up here for. I can't say it's not all ages aren't welcome, but it is a, at a uh, brewery. Yes. So it's probably going to be 21 plus. Me and Ty get a little raunchy too after we've had a beer or two, which we probably will have because the beer at Bare Hands Brewing Company is top notch, not going to lie. And it's a school night, so that's going to help our case. <laughs> but anyways, we are looking forward to this so much. We hope it's going to be a good time for everybody. Free for everybody who wants to come. Just show up to bare hands, come downstairs. Somehow we hit capacity. Probably not going to happen. Um, we'll figure it out on the fly. But they're going to have really good beer on tap. We've also been notified, or we're hoping, that one of the beers that they're going to have on tap is going to be named after the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. I cannot wait for that. Gonna be dope. We're gonna have merch for sale. Swing by if you guys are looking for some Halloween fun. And also buy us a drink when you guys show up. Yep, 100%. And then after party, probably QB Club. I think that's a great idea <laughs> on a Thursday night, too. Have a waiting list. <laughs> uh, sorry. Hey, pal. Get out of here. But I'm wearing merch, dude. I'm so ready for that. Actually, yeah, we should make something. If you wear Brown Brothers merch, like you get one free drink card or some shit. Like the most bottom shelf. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> Actually, no, they, it's technically a brewery, so there's not much hard alcohol. They do have some. One free margarita jello shot that me and you had that were delicious there. I love that idea. That's a <laughs> great plan. I'm so down for that. 
But anyway, speaking of Halloween fun, Ty, what do we got going on tonight? Tonight, we will be discussing Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Waverly Hills, huh? I've heard of this place before. I've seen numerous documentaries and a lot of ghost hunting shows at this place. Yeah, this is one of those places in the U.S. where people just flock. I mean, it is open to the public. You have to just tell the investors like that you're going to go if you want to like spend some time there. Right, yeah, and I think you have to like – I'm sure I probably have signed waivers and stuff to be able to walk into that place. I believe that. It is abandoned yep. uh, as of now, but it was – it was kind of like what we talked about with um, episode six, really early on the the first um, psychiatric hospital. Yeah. So it was it was very similar to that where there was a lot of mistreatment going on, and that is a like that's the first variable when it comes to a haunted location. Right, and I'd say Waverly Hills has got to be up there for one of the titans in the United States for the most haunted place in America. Um, this is an iconic building if you've ever seen it. Huge, massive in, don't tell me, don't tell me, Kentucky. What part of Kentucky? Beats me. What is it? Louisville. Oh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. Nice. Very cool. I put that up there, this up there with like, God, Ohio State Reformatory, um, probably the Velisca Axe Murder House episode to come. And I, maybe like the Conjuring, the Harrisville Farmhouse. These are like iconic spots in the United States that... You're like, yep, that place is probably crawling with ghosts. So do you know what disease made this place so popular? Did not do my research on this. It's just I've seen so many TV shows about it. And that is tuberculosis, a.k.a. known as consumption. Also a.k.a. known as the White Death. I was right at dinner. We were talking about this earlier tonight. The White Death instead of the Black Death? Because it was the... One of the bigger pandemics that came after the bubonic plague. So it wasn't the Black Death. It was the White Death. Cool. I also think there's has something to do with TB itself and the symptoms that it causes. Something with, I don't know if it's... Um, like your skin turn like pale white probably or something. Something like that. I know there's maybe a vitamin D deficiency and it makes you a little bit pale because some of the... Um, the treatment for it. You had, some of the treatments was they brought them outside. Yeah, you need sunlight and fresh air and stuff. Right. I remember seeing pictures of this when... I forgot what it was, but I know that in Waverly Hills, you'll probably get into it, but the whole like the whole wall of the building's open to the elements, and they would wheel you out there. But I've seen pictures where people are out there in like a snowstorm in Kentucky, and they have like six or seven inches of snow on their blanket just sitting there. And I'm like, that looks really comfortable, but also really f***ing cold at the same time. Yeah, they thought that fresh air was like the end-all, be-all cure. It is for a hangover, usually for me on Sunday, so I sit outside for a little while and Take some deep breaths. I feel a lot better. That usually makes me feel way worse. <laughs> way worse. Turn to Dracula and just cover yourself up in your room. Yeah. Pull the pull the shades up. It's either that or uh, go to the gym and wear like a trash bag and just sweat <laughs> it out. That's it. All right. Well, let's get into the history, the most fun part of all of our episodes. So during the 1800s and early 1900s, America was ravaged by a deadly disease known by many as the White Death, a.k.a consumption aka tb aka tuberculosis this terrifying and very contagious plague for which no cure existed at the time claimed entire families and sometimes entire towns in 1900 louis uh, louisville kentucky had the highest tb rate uh death rate in america really i did not know that Mm -hmm. that's interesting so built on low swampland the area was the perfect breeding ground for disease and 
1910, a hospital was constructed on a windswept hill in southern Jefferson County that had been designed to combat the bad disease. The disease continued to run rampant throughout the region, and eventually, with donations of money and land, a new hospital was started in 1924. The new structure, known as Waverly Hills, opened two years later in 1926. It was considered the most advanced TB sanatorium in the country, but even then, most of the patients succumbed to the disease. There was no medicine available at the time to treat the disease, and so many patients were offered rest, fresh air, and lots of nutritious food. Okay, so I'm just going to compare this to our episode on Povelia Island real quick. Um, The bubonic plague was ridiculously contagious, and the mortality rate was super high. What was it like for TB, do you know or no? Very contagious if it was in a confined setting, Yep. aka a hospital like this. And um, the mortality rate was relatively high. It wasn't like 80% like it was for um, the bubonic plague. The bubonic plague. The overall mortality rate was about 15 to 18%. That's still pretty high, man. So that's one in every almost five people. Yeah, that's high. Succumb. If they didn't have, or actually there was no, um, there was no antibiotics back then, so... Right, they could just make them comfortable, which sometimes, we talked about it during the bubonic plague episode, but sometimes that would be enough to save a couple lives. So sadly, the main use for the hospital was to isolate those who had come down with the disease and keep them away from those who had not. So quarantine. Families were tragically divided with parents and even children forced into the sanatorium with little contact with their loved ones. So that would be terrifying. Treatments for TB were sometimes as bad as the disease itself back then. Some of the experiments that were conducted in search of a cure seemed barbaric by today's standards, but others are now common practice. Patients' lungs were exposed to uh, UV light to try to stop the spread of the bacteria. I remember reading about this, and I saw a picture of one of the rooms. They would wheel you in. They would, like, carve you open, and some sometimes they would just, like, open you up, and then they would take these huge UV lights and just shine it inside your chest. Yeah, these and were like, called sunrooms. Oh, that is the scariest fucking thing in the world, in my opinion. So this was done in these rooms using artificial light in place of sunlight or on the roof or open porches of the hospital. Since fresh air was thought to also be a cure, patients were often placed in front of a huge window or on the open porches, no matter what the season. And as Ryan alluded to, there were old photographs that showed patients lounging in chairs and taking in fresh air, no matter what season it was. Other treatments were less pleasant and much bloodier. Balloons were surgically implanted in the lungs of patients and then filled with air to expand them. Needless to say, this often had disastrous results, as did an operation where muscles and ribs were removed from a patient's chest to allow the lungs to expand a little bit farther. With TB, it's hard to breathe. That I can tell you right now, I have no medical experience. That sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. They just wanted to open the airways to let in more oxygen. Yeah. However, that... Catastrophic. Right. However, uh, they could do it. So while patients who survived the disease and the treatment left Waverly Hills through the front door, many left through what was known as the body chute. This enclosed tunnel for the dead led from the hospital to the railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. Using a motorized rail and cable system, the bodies were lowered in secret to the waiting trains. This was done so that patients would not see how many were leaving the hospital as corpses. Please tell me they brought... um... A hearse? A hearse, thank you. Please tell me they brought the hearses back there. Like, I can picture, like, the old school, like, 1920 hearse pulling up behind the hospital. Yeah, if there wasn't, or if it was in a year where it wasn't multiple bodies, yeah, that's where, that's exactly what they would do. That would be the, not that that's the coolest thing ever, but if you were, like, 
if you could go back in time and be a fly on the wall to watch a hearse pull around the back of Waverly Hills, that would be the coolest fucking thing ever. Ironically, there's a uh, witness account of a a ghost hearse. What? So you can hear a car pulling up, and people have seen like at night the taillights of a hearse. No way. Yeah, which is sweet. <laughs> that is cool. So there are many inaccurate reports as to how many people died during Waverly Hills' decades of operation. Some people claim that there are tens of thousands of deaths within the walls of the hospital, but most people think that that is greatly exaggerated. According to Dr. J. Frank Stewart... Can I take a guess? Yes. I'm just spitballing here. I'm going to say somewhere... In the whole course of the um, Waverly Hills, the building, the two buildings' yes. uh, histories. When did they close doors? They had a geriatric sanatorium like from the 60s to the 80s, and then it was closed, and then they want to reopen it, and then it was closed for good in 2001. I'm going to say roughly we're looking at lower 5,000. Okay. Actually, upper 4,000s. Thank you. That's my final guess. According to Dr. J. Frank Stewart, a former assistant medical director at the hospital, the highest number of deaths to occur at Waverly Hills in one single year was 152. That's one year at a hospital. That's crazy. That's a lot. (laughs) By 1955, those numbers had dropped to as low as about 42 deaths per year, and it's been estimated based on death certificates that were filed that approximately 6,000 people died there, dating all the way back to the original hospital records from 1911. So while that number falls short of what people kind of toss around in the legends, it still is a tremendous amount of deaths in one area. Can I segue into something real quick here? I'm going back to the Bovalia episode where we had 160,000 bodies both got killed at Povalia, but also they were all brought there to get burned. So it wasn't like 160,000 people died on this island. So I want to talk about real quick the fact that inside one building you can have roughly 6,200 people dying. Do you think that their soul, when it leaves your body, if you have a soul, gets trapped inside this building. I think it's crazy that 6,000 people can die in a single confined space. Like, what does that do with the energy of the building? It's different when you bring bodies to a place that are just going to get burned, I guess. Still super dark, but I think that the spirit energy inside Waverly Hills has to be one of the greatest, like, spiritually active places inside the United States or the entire world at this point. I would agree with that. I also think that um, it's because everyone there probably died of the same thing so it was all tb that's the this was a sanatorium this was the only thing they treated at this time but i think it's something like with the the bricks of the building and when you have that many bodies you walk in this place around like 10 o'clock at night the hairs on the back of your neck are going to stand up yeah i think even like 10 o'clock in the morning there's so many people inside one building i can't get over that i can't stress that enough either i don't know much about i mean it's got to be on the one on the grounds, that's got to be the most amount of death in one area minus like a battlefield. I guarantee you're probably 100% and, right. And we don't, we haven't had many battles on the American soil recently. I mean, the most, uh, the most I think was um, Gettysburg. Gettysburg. Yeah. That was a lot, but I mean, this was all because of one, this was because of a disease that we now have a cure or not a cure for. What well, we do, it's an antibiotic. Right. But then you got to think of regular psychiatric hospitals, the ones that we've talked about, you're only looking at probably roughly in the course of their, they're open for a hundred years. You're probably looking at max 500 to 2000 people get killed maybe or dying there. And that's on a high end. 
you're looking at Waverly Hills that in the course of 80, 90 years, 6,000 people died in this building. That's a huge number. It's yeah. got to be the most inside probably a building in the United States. I would agree with that. I was, I was thinking about that when I was looking into this research and just that amount of energy. And then you think, uh, we're really jumping off the rails here real quick, but when you're coming into that building and you know you have TB and you know how dangerous this disease is to you, do you think when you're like getting wheeled into that building or you're walking into that building, something happens in your mind and you're like, this is the place where I'm going to spend my last moments. Do you think that releases some type of energy inside the building too? A negative energy. Yeah. It's like you're just thinking about it. Yeah. As patients started to decline, I'm, I'm assuming that's how they, they felt. Even like, walking in though, I feel like, sure, you're looking at a place of hope, but there's other places you would probably want to be. Well, luckily, I mean, one in five is, it's not good, but it's not like it's one, it's not four out of five. Yeah. I think it's even sketchier that most of them most likely had hope that they would mm-hmm. get wheeled in there. They would be treated, even if the treatment wasn't great and they would be cured. In 1928, this was the pinnacle of, of, um, like this was the pinnacle of medication. It's wild to think that people did go in here like, Hey, it's a hospital. I'm going to go in two or three weeks of treatment. I'm out. And then after a course of 90 plus years, 6,000 people died of TB. I got a chill running down the back of my neck right now that is, <laughs> I don't like this at all. Oh, this is so spooky. Luckily, by the 1930s, TB had begun to decline around um, the entire world, not just in the U.S. And by 1943, new medicines had largely began to eradicate um, the disease in the United States. A jump in new cases, however, did occur after World War II, and many soldiers returning from the war were housed at Waverly Hills. Really? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. So Dr. Stewart noted in his autobiography that many of the soldiers had cases that were so advanced that they did not live for more than a week after arriving at the hospital. Then all the trauma they already dealt with going over to Germany and probably like the Western Front that you're bringing all that negative energy back to Waverly Hills. Yeah, and you have the physical symptoms of TB. So it's not just a physical, it's a mental aspect too. In 1961, Waverly Hills was closed down, but then reopened later that year as Woodhaven Geriatric Sanatorium. There have been many rumors and stories about patient mistreatment there and unusual experiments that happened during the years that the building was used as an old age home. Was this put on by the state or is this like a privately owned geriatric center that i don't know though some of them have been proven to be false some of the cases of the mistreatment but others have unfortunately turned out to be very true so budget cuts in the 1960s and 70s led to both horrible conditions at the hospital and more patient mistreatment and then in 1982 the state closed the facility for good so it sounds like it was a state open facility yep they couldn't um house it correctly they didn't have enough not enough but i guess not as good um people running it as they wanted and then it was closed in 1982, and then in 2001, they reopened it because investors bought it, and they reopened it for people like you and me. They're, like, preserving it. I've right. heard, yeah, they, they do a great job nowadays preserving that place. Yeah, they did a lot of architectural work, like structural work to keep it upright. They didn't, um, you know, go through the whole thing and, and reinvent they're, it. They're not renovating it. That's what I love about this place. And I know they use, like, it's all volunteer. Well, it's not all volunteer work, but the people who own it only do all this work based on donations. And they get those huge windows that are like like the freaking 15 by 30, and they put them in the front to keep all like the weather out to keep the building still old on the inside. So you ghost hunters and people who like history can go and tour this place. Do you think that has anything to do with the spirits haunting it? Like if they renovated it, would there be less spirits haunting it? 
I don't know. It's a different story. I think once you renovate a building, the spirits get pissed off at first. Then after it's renovated, I don't think the spirit stays around there as frequently, if that makes sense. Or like, I don't think their interactions are as powerful as it could have been if you just left it in the original state of the building. Why do you think that is? I think it's a comfort thing for the spirits. If you think that they're an intelligent spirit, even a residual one, I think they're comfortable in the area and they they can interact with you more freely compared to a building that gets completely redone. All right, I'm thinking way more of the wood itself. Stone tape theory wood. So if you renovate that wood... you take, I'm, I guarantee you probably take half of it out of the building and replace it with new stuff. Right, and then the energy that was tied to that specific beam mm-hmm. is gone now. Yeah, what do you think happens when you just toss it out? Like if you go bring it to like a transfer station or something, it just sits there. I think that energy just disappears over time. Yeah, and on like the one hand, it's hard to think that spirits can pull from a building. Mm-hmm. It's That's the stone tape theory though. But on the other hand... I know that with renovations, it has caused a ton of unrest with with multiple buildings. Right, they get pissed off, and the spirits are like, hey, this is my spot, why are you changing it? Yeah. But then once it actually changes, I think that spirit... Accepts it? It just accepts it, or like the energy starts to die down a little bit in some weird woo-woo way. Yeah, if we're talking about like accepting it and moving on, that's like it has a personality, which is... Intelligent. Which is, well, well it's... Crazy. Yeah, to think about. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it's just, I mean, I really think that if you preserve a building and you still have the exact same material that was there when whatever spirit was uh, alive, alive, yep. Yep. Um, I think they have way more, they're way more apt to be able to communicate with the people who are alive. That'd be another awesome test to do. Like go inside a building that was previously renovated that you knew was like an old asylum and then go into a building that is preserved and see like i guarantee the preserved building would have like an 80 percent more chance of you having a paranormal experience compared to a building that was previously renovated that you could just like walk through and not have that paranormal experience yeah there are a lot of like buildings like uh waverly hills but unlike waverly hills most buildings have some form of renovation like Mm -hmm. either half of it gets renovated for certain stuff and they keep the other half but that would be cool because you could go into both sections like the older uh, part, like the older quote unquote hospital. Yeah. And then you go to the newer one and see if you can communicate or if anything responds to you. So obviously, since it's official closure and then reopened in 2001, Waverly Hills has become a local haunted hotspot. There are a ton of different accounts of spirits. So I'm going to go through a couple quick ones that people frequently see. And then we'll talk about the two main ones. We'll start with the hearse. Oh, go, oh, the the ghost hearse. Can I just say I I <laughs> sound like a fucking nutcase. I looked the other day online to see how much like an old hearse, how much it costs you to buy, like an old Cadillac hearse from like the 1950s. And it it wasn't that expensive. It was like nine nine grand to buy one that has like 140 thousand miles on it. That's pretty good. Weekend driver, how cool you would look driving up to the bar in a freaking hearse. That would be. Can you imagine like if you were Ubering? Like if you were the Uber uh, person, <laughs> hey guys, we're filled up. If you want to lay down in the back? That'd be uh, that'd be swell. Oh, that'd be so sick. So people claim that they see the taillights of a hearse that appears in the back of the building, which is where the death shoot is. Death shoot came out. So people say that they see taillights of it pulling up to the to Waverly Hills. Dude, I just oh my god, I just thought about. I know what the death shoot looks like. Like half of it is are 
ramp that goes down. They could pu- push the bodies down. Then the other half is stairs. And it's just, it's like, it's super long. It's like half a mile or something. Nuts. Yeah, it's, it's um, I think it's like 2,000 something feet. That's nuts. Imagine if you were walking down there and then you saw at the end of the tunnel, like a car pull up and then stop for a second and then drive away. If you thought it would like look like a hearse, that would be the, I would sprint out of this place. You know that the Reaper would be driving that thing. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's, I mean, that's very accurate. I would be so scared. Um, but people claim that they see a car. I've never heard of a haunted car minus uh, Christine, but that was a 1980s uh, fiction. Yeah. So, which was just sick. So, if we ever go to Waverly Hills, we have to look. We have to go at dusk because they frequently see it at dusk. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will look for the taillights of like a sick ass 1950 uh, something Cadillac. I'm just picturing like the, you know, like pictures when the taillights like go and you can still see like the stream from the tail. That's exactly what I'm picturing, like driving around the corner. People also frequently see a little girl running up and down the third floor solarium, which is one of, or which is the area where the sunrooms were. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a young girl who got. I was, I was think, I was, I don't know why, but I, I just assumed that TB was like only uh, teenagers and older people got it, but I'm, I'm kids people... absolutely got this. Yeah, and that's terrifying to think about. Like she was, if she was running up and down, just. Maybe this was like the first or second day where she felt okay, and then yeah, and she was two just weeks later to have fun. Yeah, and then yeah. two weeks later she was like uh, in a coma, and Jeez. then she was down that death chute. That's dark. People also see a little boy with a leather ball. Whoa, cool! Playing yeah. a little soccer. Yep. Uh, and then Pretty cool experiments run actually. If you went in there with a leather ball and you just put it down to see, like, if it started to like get kicked down the hallway or something, trigger object. Oh, that'd be so sweet. There are multiple accounts of a woman with two bleeding wrists who moans, and can you can hear that on a lot of EVPs that people capture on the fourth floor, and I'm assuming people also assume that she slit her wrists to kill herself when she found out, were not found out that she had TB, although some people I'm sure did that, but maybe when she started to decline and she was like, hey, I'm not getting out of here, mm-hmm. just two vertical slits. Jesus. Bleed it out. I'll say, all I know is of two ghosts at waverly hills over the, like the course of my paranormal career i've heard about this place a lot and i only know of two ghosts i've never heard of any of these ones there's one more not so scary this one's cool though because it touches on how we you and i think that um other senses minus like hearing and seeing can get affected mm-hmm. so the last one that's frequent is uh, a, a man in a white coat seen walking in the kitchen a chef and you can smell cooking that sometimes smells burned that's so weird. Yeah, so that's like it's that's definitely a residual haunt. Yeah. But it's a sense that most people don't think about when they think about ghosts. Smelling wise, yeah. The it's always could... it's always it's never taste. Right, it's just auditory and visual. And um tactile. Oh yeah, yeah, touching things. Yeah. Maybe the chef was such a prominent figure though at the hospital. Like maybe that was the biggest joy people got in the day. Maybe that was getting their food their lunch or their dinner so maybe the chef was such a prominent person that this energy is replaying itself and that people who are visiting that spot now could see all the energy that people like got excited for like oh it's lunchtime finally maybe you're getting a taste of that and you could smell what they were smelling and maybe see the chef working in the kitchen and stuff yeah it's kind of the same idea as the kid with the ball and the other kid uh running up and down the stairs those are unless the kid's getting chased um those are good positive things right just enjoying their time But again, most people assume that hauntings always have to be negative. No, not at all. 
unless like this chef burned the food and like the whole place caught on fire that they didn't <laughs> document at all. <laughs> that's very possible. All right, now we're going to go into the two hauntings that I think you uh, were alluding to a little while ago. What, do you know what room they're associated with? I know one of them has to do with a nurse. I think it's like room 212 or something. I don't know. It's 200 something. 502. Oh, could not have been more off. You got you got the two part. <laughs> a couple floors off there, right? So perhaps the greatest and most controversial two legends of Waverly Hills is connected to the fifth floor of the building. This floor of the old hospital consisted of two nurses' stations, a pantry, a medicine room, and two medium-sized rooms on their sides as nurses' stations. One of these is room 502. It's the subject of two really, I'm not going to say they're like not common um, rumors and like unquote haunts, mm-hmm. um, but it is very chilling to think about when you associate it with Waverly Hills in general. So according to the stories, a nurse was found dead in room 502, 1928. She committed suicide by hanging herself from a wire and a light fixture. Jeez. She was 29 years old at the time of her death, unmarried and pregnant. I don't know. She, I've heard about the nurse killing herself. I don't know if she was pregnant. There's one account that the warden, or not the warden, but the head maintenance guy or like the guy who ran the hospital yeah it wasn't a, it wasn't a doctor and it wasn't maintenance guy well, i don't know <laughs> it wasn't freddy krueger in the basement so it always the maintenance guy always finds the dead bodies yeah no no, no um got her pregnant oh no shit really? so it was one of the the higher up people got her pregnant but they didn't want her to have the kid Ooh. so she killed herself i love drama or she was a, a suicide but it might not have been a suicide maybe he killed her in some other way and then strung her up right maybe he strangled her and then wire around that boom i'm not going to the fifth floor if we're ever going there i'm gonna stay downstairs i'm gonna deal with the i'm gonna play ball with a little kid you can go up to the fifth floor ty no i completely agree with that um it's also unknown how long she might have been hanging in the room before her body was discovered because it was it said that the wire that she hung herself with almost cut her head clean off jesus h yeah so gravity was pulling on her for a minute or Someone wrapped that around her like a tourniquet mm-hmm. and just squeezed. Or a, 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 what's it called? A garrot? A garrot, yeah. Yeah. That's horrifying. And back in 1928, people really didn't look into deaths like they do now. Like a suicide, if it looks like a suicide, it probably is a suicide. 100%, yeah. But usually, you could get away with mur- like murder like that. Thanks. I hate it. Not going to the fifth floor at this place. And secondly, in 1932, another nurse who worked in the exact same room jumped from the roof patio and plunged several stories to her death. No way. The same room? Uh, 502. No one seems to know why she would have done this or why she would have been on the roof in the first place, but many have speculated that she might not have actually jumped but have been pushed. So it, again, would have been a murder. A cold-blooded murder, not a suicide. How many years after was this? 19, uh, 1928 to... Four years to 32. Maybe the same dude was still there. Maybe he knocked them both up or something. He didn't want him to have the kid. I was thinking about that because they are both suicides with young women. Maybe he was like, hey, meet me up on the roof in uh, 40 minutes. I got to give you something. Or, like, meet me up on the roof and we can discuss what's going to happen with this kid. Like, if I'll hey, give you money or something. It's private. Nobody's going to hear us. Yeah. And then... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> it's You can't... Especially with stuff like falling off a roof or getting pushed off a roof like there's no if you just gently shove someone off the roof you're never you're not gonna 
there's not gonna be evidence of that. Oh no, no. Especially in 1928 way. when they're not gonna check for, like for fingerprinting. No way. People will assume she fell. Yep. Like we say on the show a lot, there's that now there's that next level to this place or this ground where yeah. A TB hospital that six thousand people died at is scary enough. And especially now, like day and age now where it's run down and creepy as all hell. But then you add that extra layer of suicide if it's suicide or blatant murder that adds that another layer of darkness to this place that makes it that much more scary and you forgot all about the geriatric home where there was uh really mal uh treatment of its patients there's just like most like every time we talk about a place we uncover different layers of why it's so dark and why it's so unbelievably scary like this is i didn't expect waverly hills to be that scary i thought it was just going to be the tv hospital which is scary enough right now but then you have these other layers that makes it that much more haunted in my opinion and the last thing i want to talk about um, we're going to go back to um uh man i can't remember the name of the house you did the episode it was the one right there willow's weep willow's weep thank you and how we talked about how there's such thing as tainted earth right let me tell you this next part and then you tell me if you think this is this little area of kentucky is sour okay are we gonna talk about the creeper at all or no no have you heard of that legend at Waverly Hills? No. So there's another legend at Waverly Hills. I know about the nurses, and the other big story is of this thing called the Creeper at Waverly Hills. And I believe it's on the fifth floor. It's either the fifth floor or the third floor. And people can you can look down the hallway, and a lot of people say if you do the laser grid, you know, the like you have that uh, special light that Ghost Hunters use that it does the full grid that you can see something walking across. It blocks out one of the lasers. They say either that, and on video sometimes they catch this thing that'll be walking down the hallway and then it crawls up the wall and then onto the ceiling and then crawls at you and then crawls into one of the side rooms. Yeah, I'm going to go with a hard pass. No, look it up one time. If any of our listeners are interested, look up videos of it or just look up the legend of the creeper at Waverly Hills. It's this thing that only crawls on the ceiling that comes after you. It's one of the biggest legends there. Let me tell you right now, if there was ever a place for that to be a real thing, it would be at Waverly Hills. Maybe you said that both of those nurses were in the same room and died because maybe they both saw this thing up close and personal well there's absolutely something going on i'm not gonna say it's demonic because i don't like that word but there's something negative something supernatural there so i'll read you this part all right here we go in march 1996 this was 25 years ago 24 years ago i was three years old you were alive i was alive waverly hills and the surrounding land was bought by robert alberhosk who ran christ the redeemer foundations incorporated I heard about this. Yeah. He tried building a new one on top of the fucking building, right? Yes, something like that. So he had plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus on the Waverly Hills site. It was on top of the building. Uh, yeah. 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 That's what I, I, I believe that. Uh, along with art and a worship center. The statue, which was inspired by the famed Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro, was to be situated on the roof of the hospital at a cost of about $4 million. <laughs> a lot of money so he also wanted to convert the sanatorium into a chapel and a theater okay and this was going to cost another eight million holy shit you talk 12 million dollars to do all this yep so he needed donations for the project of course okay not surprisingly the donations fell far short of what he wanted the eight million in one year only three thousand dollars was raised towards the effort to project uh, and the project was canceled in 1997 so do you think that, I don't want to say something 
made people not donate, but they they just didn't see the worth in the land. Right. Or do you Southern, think it was just a bad idea to, uh, to make a statue of Jesus like that? Southern states are pretty religious still. Um, so I've $3,000 seems like not a lot. In one year. Yeah, but then again, you got to think of the world's tallest Jesus statue. Who wants that in their town? Like, oh yeah, sure. I think this is a mix of a bad idea and just like, I'm not going to say it's tainted land, but hey, who knows? Maybe it's like bad land that they don't want Christian worship on because something weird happened there before the hospital was even built. Yeah, I, I think there's something going on with the land. I have no idea what it is, but it's not like this is spread over 4,000 acres. No, it's a little tiny little... It's two It's two buildings, two yeah. giant buildings. Yeah. There's the old hospital and then the Waverly Hills new sanatorium. Correct, yeah. I'm Yeah, no, I have no, I have no problem thinking that like, the land's... Something weird happened on the land. Much like we were talking about in episode one, Amityville. Like, maybe something happened on this land way back in the day. Then the building gets built there. And then, maybe since the dawn of time, this has always been, like, the destiny for the building to be this dark, demon- or not, this dark, creepy, spiritually active place where a lot of people are going to come and die. And then, later on, it gets known as one of the world's most haunted locations. So then, let me ask you this. On the scare scale... Ooh, favorite part of the show? Out of 10, where would you rate spending a night in Waverly Hills in the old or even the newer version of the uh, sanatorium? Waverly Hills is up there for me. All psychiatric hospitals are up there for me. Um, Povalia is definitely scarier, in my opinion. I would rather spend a night at Waverly compared to Povalia because Povalia has been the top of our scare scale list. We threw it up at a 9. Yeah, nine point five or nine point six. Yep, I'll give. I'm giving Waverly's man the hardest eight, like straight up eight. Yeah, I was gonna say eight and a half. I would love to go there with a group of people and do your own thing. Like, hey, let's all go investigate. If it's just me spending a night there, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's like a really, the architecture also is just it's very like gothic. It has gargoyles on the top of the building. I know that. And it's it has like steeples right in front. It's just a very like foreboding building to look at. And then yep. if you think of the fact that it's abandoned, and then you think of the fact that it was a TB clinic for 6,000 people, uh, and that's like an a, uh, a that's not an average, but a, a estimate, mm-hmm. died. Jesus. Imagine going through, then you had to walk through the whole building to go to like, and you had to leave through the death chute. And once you did that, hey- you get out of here by midnight, you're good to go, but you have to make it through the entire building. If it was just like a slide, the death shoot was a slide, I would do it because that would be fun. But the fact that it's like not all just a slide, you have to walk in a tunnel for yeah. uh, like a couple hundred st- uh, feet, I would not do well with that. So it's it's up there for me, 8.5 on Wait, the uh, on yep. the, the Brown Brothers scare scale. It's up there, man. That's Povalia and Waverly, those are up there for one of the scarier topics we've talk, talked about. I think we should also be really sweet get like a graph and then put it up on the Brown Brothers of where we rank each place. Oh, and then do like a little bar graph? Yeah, see, just yeah. see like which one is the scariest. And <laughs> what, what did we give like a two? It was something that wasn't that scary. It was it was pretty uh, pretty recent, I think. We just did it. Let's go, we'll go through all of our episodes. Yeah, it might have been one of the ghost, sh- uh, maybe one of the ghost ships. Oh yeah, maybe it was. Oh no, no, because the... Um, oh, the Honda Lighthouse. We weren't that scared of that one. Yeah, you get a nice like ocean breeze and you're like yeah this ain't too bad actually give me a corona i'll go post up on the front porch here no i i didn't mean the uh ghost ships because if i was on the um the orang medan well, where everyone froze to death from Ugh. fear yeah let me tell you right now that's the hardest 10 i've ever <laughs> seen but that is um 
that's Waverly Hills. It's it's actually really sweet. This was not a psychiatric hospital. This was a sanatorium, which is a hospital pretty much treating one specific ailment. One hundred percent, yeah. So it's not as like it's not psychologically as scary in my opinion than when you deal with like mentally unstable patients just because you don't know what they're gonna do or what they did when you're going through that abandoned abandoned building. But this, there's a layer cake on this bad boy that I do believe Waverly Hills is 100% one of the most haunted buildings in America. 